0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Pat
0: Mayo Experience. Pat
1: Mayo Experience. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Charles Schwab. Challenge Live viewer chat. I'm going to update the weather, my picks, and just go through the entire game with you. There is no time limit on this. So as long as there's questions, I'm going to be sitting here taking y'all's questions about this. Uh, the other big thing, too, is that there's around 450 spots remaining in the Pat Mayo Experience Open on DraftKings this week. I suggest you go play it. It's rake free. I mean, there's a millionaire maker. I suggest you go play and play all the DraftKings, but play in this contest specifically. You can find the link in the description of the audio podcast. It's not in the viewer chat right now, it will be after the fact. But if you want to go and check out on the podcast feed, just. Check it in there. Uh, let's get that filled because you know, we can only make it bigger from here if it continues to fill as early as possible. Also, up on my Twitter feed right now at the PME, I'm giving away 10 free tickets into the Millionaire Maker. Uh, you can find out how to do that by checking out the Twitter stream at the PME. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, hello. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. Or if you're just listening on demand after the fact on the audio podcast for all of the updates, please leave a five-star review while you're there. If you're watching the video right now, please smash the like button. Uh, that's how we continue to keep all of this free, just by interactions, engagement. In the comment section, if you want to tell me who you think is going to be the highest-owned player this week, I'm thinking it's going to be Webb Simpson, which you know, gives me a little bit of hesitation, but we'll talk through it the entire time. I'm sure you guys will have a ton of questions about that kind of thing. My final betting card for Colonial. Here's the thing. I got a bit too excited this week, I said I was going to dial back the exposure and that I would try to keep my my cards close to my vest, but what ended up happening is that the odds got released like sometime last week, and I made like one or two plays I was like oh I like that i 'm definitely going to play that uh, i didn 't wait for the market to mature whatsoever. big mistake. I got so fired up they released first round leaders on Monday night. I started playing first round leaders without even consulting the tea time waves, which is fucking stupid uh, so this isn't the best card for me. Uh, there's too many people on it. Uh, the first-round leaders are not staggered in the way that I would like them, and then I added two more because I like the T draws that came down. So uh, it's a good cautionary tale of what not to do. So listen, if, no- if none of these bets hit, I'm going to be out a lot of money this week. I don't do this professionally. It's for fun. I don't bet more than I can lose. So if it happens, it happens. It wouldn't be the first time I got cleaned out during the week. But, you know, if one of these guys wins or if two of the bets hit, then all of a sudden it's gravy. We're, we're doing fantastic. So here's what I ended up with. For outright winner, I talked myself into Webb very early in the week. I used him as my one and done. Um and now I'm starting to have hesitation about that but uh, I'm past the point where you know how when you construct DraftKings lineups or you make a bet that you just assume it's going to win like when I construct my DraftKings lineups maybe everyone's different with this like even if I build 20 it's like well one of these 20 is for sure going to win the millionaire maker then you start thinking like what am I going to do with my million dollars and then it starts to kick in at a certain point like I never win these things like this is just me like throwing money away I maybe mean, it's the fun of all doing it but now I'm Past the point of, I'm definitely going to win. And now being like, well, I'm probably going to lose all these. So now if I win, it's going to be extra special because I have assumed I'm going to lose. So Webb Simpson, 22-1. to 1. I bit on Bryson at 20. 20- Bryson and M, I I put on the card. I had said all off layoff that I was going to bet these guys... And then I talked myself out of it. Then I was like, what am I doing? These are the two guys that I want to bet. I feel the best about. Bryson at 25, M at 33. Those guys are on the card. I also have Justin Rose at 45 to 1. Gary Woodland. 50 to 1 with a top 5 each way. That's another one. My book ended up offering top 6 each ways. I played this one too early. It didn't get the top 6. I got the top 5. Shane Lowry, I did add to the card after the fact. The more and more I looked into Shane Lowry, I really ended up liking him a lot, both from a betting perspective and a DraftKings perspective. Uh, He plays really well in the heat. We'll get to that in the weather uh, to begin with. He's played really well against strong fields in the past. These shorter courses and classical formats more meet his eye than anything else. And he's one big boy of before he won the open he won a WGC and he won that WGC at Firestone of course which will demand accuracy off the tee so I think that his skill set actually suits Colonial quite well we'll see if that goes he's 70 to 1 with the top six each way the bombs that I played were the bombs that I gave out on Monday's show Brennan Todd 160 to 1 with the top six and Eric Van Hroyen top 41 top 45 player in the world at 150 to 1 seems deep top six each way on him of course my guy see woo him uh you know five bucks on him to win five bucks on the each way because if he wins and i'm not there i'm gonna feel very badly about that he's 200 to 1 uh so too many guys obviously but that's what i'm doing i'll be honest with you um Sometimes I think I just like clicking on the player's names more than anything else at some points, Top 20 EVR, Brennan Todd, 6-1, to 6-1, to JT Poston, 6.5-1 for a top 20 finish. I would always recommend that people go site shop for the places that do not have dead heat rules. Therefore, you get the full payout even if the player ties for fifth or ties for fourth and there's four guys tied for fourth. Uh, just read the rules on your book. That's always the best way to go about it. First round leaders. I got nine of them. And at least they're all 100 to one or above. And I played them all with the top five each way. So one of these guys comes top five. We're still winning for the week after the first round. Putnam, 100 to one. Danny Lee, 100 to one. JT Poston. Brennan Todd. Brian Harmon, Eric Van Rooyen, and Corey Connors all 100 to 1. HV3, Harold Varner III, 125 to 1, along with Carlos Ortiz at 125 to 1. My one and done is Webb Simpson, not changing it. Jeff is going with Brooks Kepka, and Tim Anderkust is going with Colin Moore-Akawa. Those are the one-and-done picks. That is the betting card for the week right now. I did specifically want to talk about first-round DraftKings showdown, if that's something you're going into. I've said it on every show this week. I think if you start on number 10, the back nine this week, uh, that you have a better chance at the three birdie streak, playing 17-18-1-2. Those are just easier holes. Number three, one of the hardest on the course. So what you need to look at now is there's been a lot of reports. like It's really hot. I mean, anyone who lives in Texas can tell you this, but it's really hot right now, June in Texas. So looking at the weather report, it doesn't seem like it's going to be be windy at all on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. A little bit of wind on Sunday, but it's going to be exceptionally hot at Colonial. So what they've been doing is watering down the course a lot. So in the morning, it is playing a tad bit softer than I would expect it to do in the afternoon. So if you really want to get hyper-specific with DraftKings Showdown, What I would suggest you do is, I tweeted this out last night as well, you can see the tee time list of all of the players in the AM wave starting on the back nine first. That's how I constructed my laps. I have no idea if that's going to work out or not, but I think trying to pick a lane with so many unknowns this week is, you know, I want to play Bombers, then play all Bombers. You want to play short hitters, play all short hitters. You want to structure a DraftKings showdown lineup with all players from the AM wave starting on the back nine? that's the lane that I've chosen to go. Maybe it's completely wrong, but I think committing to something like that, that if it hits, you get the ultimate reward about it, is the best way to at least attack GPPs. It's not going to help you win GPPs unless it works out, but having all your players situated in one spot and having that wave turn out to be absolutely correct is probably the best way you want to go. I mentioned the PME opened. FantasyNational.com is where I'm going to be ripping a lot of the ownership projections from this week. I would check in again later on tonight once more people have constructed lineups, uh, that there's just more information. The more information you have with this, the more accurate the projections are going to be. It basically just says what is going on on the site in terms of lineups generated. And that's all completely free right now as well. FantasyNational.com until tomorrow, it's wide open. All you need is an email address. I suggest you go test it out. If you want to build multiple lineups, you do it like that you want to do your research you do it like that you want to check the ownership projections it's amazing so it goes back behind the paywall tomorrow on thursday and then there will be you know, the updated showdown slates where you can easily generate lineups the live leaderboard and then into next week when the field is actually released we'll load that in right away and you can get a head start if you've already busted out at colonial so uh if you go to fantasynational.com slash mayo you can get yourself a discount if you decide you want to re-up tomorrow after your free trial i, I like i said just go test it out see what you think it's not for everyone obviously but if you're into this and you want to play some golf i highly suggest it it's where i start my week every week uh we'll go through it i think that's everything i got to let's see the tea times the pme open fantasy national my bets my one and done i think we're good let's get to the live chat remember to smash that like button while we're out there too 1st oh, get lots of questions already um these are barely questions try to keep the comments down to like what you think i'm trying to like parse through this there's going to be a lot of them so just questions only um let's see this guy says what happens if the leader tests positive and has to be removed from the tournament i believe uh then they will not win they will be out of the tournament so they would get a wd and you wouldn't get anything for it so be careful of that i assume that's how it's gonna go Um, uh, on Fantasy National, is there a stat for accuracy in driving fairways hit? Yes, it's under driving distance and accuracy. It's called fairways gain. That is the stat that we use and it's accuracy versus the field rather than just overall accuracy. So... The point behind that is if you get a course, let's say like Kapalua, where the fairways are so wide, you could land eight jumbo jets across them. Well, if you end up with a 91% driving accuracy rate at that course, what does that really tell you if people are hitting 85% of the fairways anyway? Nothing. It just it, The fairways gain stat measures how many comparable fairways you hit to the rest of the field. So it's more like a strokes gained matri- uh, metric rather than just an overall percentage. We feel that's far more valuable when you compare it to what the baseline for every single tournament was so that's why we choose to go with fairways gained over overall driving accuracy uh oh my god Uh, keep it to just the questions i'm going to scroll down if you already put in your question uh I, i don't want to scroll through like all of these um let's see here how do you feel about Siwoo Kim? Oh, of course, I, I love Siwoo Kim, um, but I, he's not going to make any of my DraftKings laps. I've made that mistake far too many times with Siwoo. Uh, I put a bet on him at 200 to 1 to win. He's the Ricky Bobby. At least he was the Ricky Bobby of betting golf, of DraftKings golf. He's first or he's last. Both of his wins have come at corollary courses in terms of the Wyndham and TPC Sawgrass, but he's a long way off that form. Uh, I know he can go miscut, 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 withdraw, withdraw, withdraw first, it's happened. <laughs> so, uh, it just, it's, it'd be a heart attack waiting to happen. I wouldn't put my million my million dollar lifeline on siwoo kim at this point uh how have the odds fluctuated not really at all to be perfectly honest with you bryson opened at 22 he dropped down to 25 that's when i Sung sungjae opened at 28 he fell down to 33 Uh, but that just got more of a market correction with almost all of the books out there like you're going to find different numbers at different places but realistically the numbers were the numbers that that's essentially what it was Uh, this guy says he feels sorry for anyone who can't get 10 places on the each way yeah i'm one of those people who can't get that those are generally british books uh and international books that end up doing it do you believe that there is a narrative to the players not having kids possibly playing better than those who do i mean that's a narrative we're not going to be able to quantify that in any sort of way i think that there is logic behind it but at the same time, these are professionals. Like, they're professional golfers. They're going to go out, they worked hard, they're back, they've practiced. I, I'm not putting any stock into that. If you want to, go for it. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. It's just not a narrative that I'm willing to embrace. I'm trying to really factor out a lot of that noise as it comes along. Uh, let's see. Is there a hard number line for Fantasy Nationals win classification? What classifies as windy common moderate? I believe that's in the glossary. Um, i think it's anything below 10 is calm 10 to 17 is moderate and everything over 17 miles per hour i believe is windy af as fuck uh so that would be what i'm going with i wouldn't be too concerned about that because it doesn't look like there's going to be a ton of wind problems this week at colonial pat is jason day a good risk reward gpp play Probably he's played well in Texas in the past. Uh, I do worry about his accuracy off the tee, but generally speaking, he has an excellent track record at Pete Dye courses. I know this is not a Pete Dye course, but it's structured similarly with a different game plan that you have to go with. And without the grandstands around, one of the things that Pete Dye courses do to the field is actually just kind of fuck with their minds. Really, when they're standing there, that's why you see like so many outrageous amounts of water. Like it makes you nervous standing over the ball. There's not a lot of good sight lines to aim at the green and a lot of players have spoken about how hey I know to play if I'm going to hit this fade I'm going to line it up here on the grandstands here's where the pin's at and that's like my line of sight we're not going to have that this week so someone like Jason Day who's used to the conditions of places where that doesn't happen anyway uh, that could be a factor maybe his putter continues to rebound a little bit he putts like Jason Day used to and all of a sudden this time off has been really good for him we know he's an elite player when he wants to be even when he's not a great player he can still win in good fields. so I do think that he's an up upside reward type play i'm not personally using him uh, only because i looked at that area and i do think that the contrarian plays there's five of them in the eight thousand dollar area and i do believe that some of these guys are going to be the key to unlocking some major gpp ownership leverage and if one of these guys wins you could run away with the entire thing and that's shane lowry matthew fitzpatrick louis Eustace, and sergio and jason day they're all in that eight thousand dollar area it does seem like Sergio is going to be by far the lowest owned of them all. I couldn't pull the trigger on Sergio. I couldn't pull the trigger on Jason day. I will be using Louie Fitzpatrick and Shane Lowry in my lineups though. I don't think you need to go crazy jamming these guys in. I, it's not like I have 80% exposure to them, but I do think that sprinkling those guys in, because you don't need a lot of them based on their ownership percentages. And you know, It's one thing to pivot off a guy who's like 25% to $6,000 owned uh, or $6,800 owned. There's no one like that this week, by the way, to a guy who's like 1% owned. Like, that makes a lot of sense. But I think that if you do it, play these leverage spots with higher upside guys, that's probably where the true value is. And in the 8K range, I don't see a ton of separation from everyone else. Thanks for the great content this week. Thank you, Scott, for tuning in. Smash the like button. Anyone on gooch this week Uh, gooch is tough here one of the ways i did try to assess this is look at it like it is a major field or a fedex cup field because the strength is that way and generally speaking in those events some of the top players win Uh, we're going to see a name or two pop up and we know that Gooch can be electric with his irons once he gets going, but I just feel like he's at the bottom part in terms of overall talent of this field that even different players in his comparable price range or a few hundred dollars more on DraftKings are just better players, people I feel more comfortable with. So, fade for Gooch, me. Would you go with Reed or Fowler in GPPs? Objectively, I like Reed better, but the way that the ownership is shaking out, it does appear like no one's really going to be using Ricky Fowler. And Patrick Reed is getting a little bit of buzz. I mean, the guy's been excellent. So right now I have Fowler in projected in the single digits where I have Patrick Reed somewhere around 15, 16, 17%. So by that metric, I'm not using either of them. But if I did use one, it would be Ricky Fowler in that circumstance uh, if you wanted to go for it. So of that 9K range, while we're looking at it right now on the screen, the low-owned guys, uh, I mean, you could probably have guessed this, but it's going to be Dustin and it's going to be Ricky. Uh, I'm not... Not using either of those, I decided to make my stand in the 8K range, like I had mentioned. But if you did want to pivot on, like Dustin is such a wild card this week, I really don't know what to make of him. Uh, and he actually, if you want to, if you want to do anything with him, you can play him in that first round showdown. He went from 25 to 28 to one uh, in first round showdown. He's a part of that early AM back nine T group, uh, along with guys like Bryson and Sung J M, uh, who are in decent spots. And Justin Rose is another one uh, who's in that spot as well. But Dustin's a real tricky guy to figure out this week it seems like people were talking themselves out of brooks initially but feel more confident in him whatever dustin did in that match that he played with rory like a lot of people saw that and a lot of people saw that he didn't play well for all we know that was the first time he picked up clubs in two months and he's been grinding ever since so he could be a high upside play i think if you wanted to factor in that previous question of reed fowler or dj dj would probably be my choice of those three just based on the way that everything set up and the negative sentiment surrounding him right now Next one, Hama or Na, I'm going with neither, but I think I would lean towards Kevin Na if you really had to go for that. Sean asks, where does Neiman finish? These are the type of questions I think are fucking stupid. I don't know. I don't know where he's going to finish. I like Neiman this week. If he misses the cut, it wouldn't shock me, but he has played well at this course in the past. I give my endorsement to Joaquin Neiman. I am using him in my lineups. I hope he finishes first. Actually, I hope someone else finishes first and he finishes like second, but either way, I hope he plays well this week. I expect him to play well this week. I don't think that means he will actually play well this week but i think actually has no bearing on what happens uh justin i am seeing reed ownership around 15 to 18 percent you think he comes in that high it's probably more around 15 14 15 just because there's always a negative sentiment around reed because people hate his guts but i think that he will be amongst the higher owned this week dk woodland or finau in gpps i'm going with woodland over finau i think you can make the case for both once you look at the betting odds right there you can see finau 33 to 1 gary woodland 50 to 1 Obviously, Vegas thinks that Tony Finau is a significantly better player. Much improved short game as well, which really could come in handy this week. A second place finish at this course a year ago. Woodland, I just think he can win in a field like this. And frankly, Finau can't win in any field. That can always change uh, because who knows about the future. But I think if I was going to really hammer down on one, I'm curious actually to see what their ownership percentages are right now. Finau around 15%, Woodland around 11%. So you are getting an ownership discount a little bit on Woodland. I really wouldn't let that factor in. Four-point difference is nothing, really. But I like Woodland objectively more than I like Fina this week. I bet on Woodland to win. I'm using him in my DK lineup. So that's my stance on the situation. What is the difference between scrambling and strokes gained around the green? Uh, you can go look at the official one for this. I believe scrambling is, okay, around the green is like 30 yards and in. Uh, from around the green side so any strokes made up there that's what around the green is scrambling is if you miss a green in regulation uh what do you do then um so you can be from anywhere you can be scrambling from 150 yards away that would include around the green Uh, are you using a larger player pool this week due to the two-month layoff i believe i have 20 players over 20 lineups in my player pool maybe 21 because i added someone in i added keegan bradley in this morning because i'm a glutton for fucking punishment is, don't ask me why i i ran this thing of corollary courses then i saw ryan moore and keegan bradley at the top and i was like oh god if i then i looked up keegan splits and he actually like doesn't bleed strokes on the greens on bent grass and i, I just talked myself into it i expected to go horribly wrong but hey he's coming at like one percent ownership if he plays well then all of a sudden i'm looking a lot better with keegan bradley in my lineup but i uh, no. I really tried to condense it down to the best of my abilities. Frankly, the proper strategy is probably to go less than 20 players for 20 lineups in my player pool. But this is the best I could do. I don't have the willpower to narrow it down anymore. Zach Johnson, question mark. These are the type of questions I don't want to answer, but no. <laughs> uh, thoughts on DJ, just gave that. Webb Simpson, miscut cut coming. Certainly hope not. Hope that's not the case. <laughs> given the heat that can become a factor do you reckon that this could disadvantage the less fit older players like the Duffners and Strickers over a full weekend or Furyk potentially and I thought about that with Shane Lowry but then I look at how he's played in like the Middle East uh, when it's been hot out and he's been fine I feel like some of these things are quite unknowable that you're projecting like you're an out-of-shape fat person and how you feel in the heat uh, Cam does this all the time when it comes down to picking players but golfers are used to it like this is a part of what they do it could have an influence it could not have an influence again if you want to ride with an Narrative this week there's so many unknowns ride with that narrative i for one i uh, am not really factoring that in much at all starting dj kepka unique enough uh, to be chalky in the 7k range yes absolutely if you're talking about who the chalk in the 7k range is going to be it looks like it's going to be harris english daniel Berger. how's your burger and abraham answer those project to be the three highest owned guys in the 7k range if projections hold up at the moment uh Horschel and Neiman are getting a bit of buzz too I really like Billy Horschel I'm using some Billy Billy Ho this week for me uh a lot a lot of fairways has won the Byron Nelson in the past plays well in Texas we know we can ride that hot putter so let's go Billy Ho but yes I think that starting DJ Kepka is definitely a unique way enough that you can embrace a lot of the chalk down the line do you put a lot of stock into younger players struggling here does the force break change your thoughts on that I don't put a ton of stock into it uh, as I pointed out in my column uh, you can find everything in the description, by the way, uh, my write-up into 4,500 word write-up. I have three shows about this already this week. Recommend you go to, and if you haven't downloaded them yet or clicked on them yet, please do me the favor, juice up those numbers, spread out the word, uh, go share everything around. It would really do me a solid because we're going to be cranking out a ton of golf content now that golf is back. We really want to capitalize on the lack of other sports going around, bring more people into the community. Then we'll get bigger prize pools. We'll get better odds. We'll get better offers at gambling books. Uh, Uh, because they're going to want to have so many customers. The more people that watch the show and get fired up and get in on this, the better it is really for everyone else involved. Um, But... I pointed out that Spieth in 2016 was the only winner sub-30 years old since Sergio won in 2002. So I think that where this is a historic course, where this is a strategy course, that patience is some, somewhat required. But that's not to say that Morikawa couldn't go out and storm the field. He's one of the best players in the world. So, and you don't see a lot of the big up-and-comers, generally speaking. I mean, there's always been some over the years, play this event. Like, it's just not one that's on the radars. They want to play in the flashier events, by and large. And a lot of the younger players that you do see are more of the corn fairy graduates who aren't at the same skill players as, let's say, like when Rory was in his prime, when Rory was 27 and really kicking the gear, he wasn't playing Colonial. So we're getting that type of player at the course this time around. So it's really hard to parse that information, for me at least. How many players under 7K will you use in your player pool of 20 lineups? I can tell you that right now just by clicking on this button on fantasy national let's see it's where i generated all my lineups like the quickness of the lineups and after you pick your player pool and you like generate your lineups before you export them if you want to move your player shares around that's what i generally do i set like the ownerships of who i want a bit more of who i want a bit less of hit it, and if it kind of evens itself out enough to the point where i like, oh, I'll move two shares of that guy onto that guy. That's generally what I typically do. One, two, three, four. I have four players in my sub-7K player pool this week. It's Lonto, Todd, Bud Colley, and Matt Wallace. I didn't use a ton of Lonto or a ton of Matt Wallace. I think I have them in two or three, maybe one of two, one of three. So like 10%, 15% exposure across those lineups. Used a bit of Todd, a bit of Kali, but I really wanted to hammer down the low sevens more than anything else. I have one, two, three, four players. Uh, five, once we include Keegan Bradley. No, it is including Keegan Bradley. Four players at seven thousand seventy one hundred dollars I didn't really want to go too low, but I actually built a lot of balance. Not balanced in terms of like, hey, I'm starting in the 8K area, but I didn't use any of the big two in Rom or Rory. I'm hoping that doesn't kill me. I did use justin thomas and bryson bryson looks like he's tracking at like 10 percent ownership i know he hasn't played well here in the past but he's a different guy now uh, and i think that he can really and maybe maybe he flames out this week and we just go back to him next week at heritage remind me to do that uh, just because i think he'll play really well at heritage he has in the past he was a part of my 20k winning lineup when i won big there at that time but There's just so many unknowns this week. Someone like Bryson, I know that he's been grinding. He's been so good off the tee that if we're going to get him at an ownership discount, even though he is overpriced at 10.1, that is what's creating the low ownership. So uh, I I do like Bryson in that spot, and he's a good way. Like If you want Bryson Brooks instead of Bryson DJ or Bryson DJ instead of Brooks DJ, uh, that's another way that you can do it. But no, I'm not really going scumming at the very bottom just because I think that the talent gap really does drop off at a certain point. I went with Matt Wallace because I like the upside of Matt Wallace. I think he's someone who could legitimately win. He's also someone who could legit come in last place. I don't know where his game is at, but I do enjoy his winning type upside. You know, you got to gamble on some of these guys who are unknowns. Matt Wallace is just one of those guys for me. Uh, what do you suggest playing beginner DFS golf players I've done a lot of strategy shows you can go check those out some of them are in the description of this video and podcast right now but I would say go play in the mini max the 50 cent tournaments the 25 cent tournaments the 10 cent tournaments at least that way you get familiar with how you pick your players how you upload your lineups how you and you're not going to lose a lot by doing that maybe play some $2 50 50s uh, and just see what sort of game is right with you like you can pump as much as you want with the millionaire maker or the five but you have to think you're facing 180,000 other entries in the Millionaire Maker you're probably not going to win you're probably not going to cash uh, I say that as me too I know that going into it if I win a million bucks or if I win 20 bucks it's great but you're taking on so many players and I've actually kind of learned this I've been really successful at UFC DraftKings, just historically, but more so since the break, because I've really been kind of hammering down on it. And if for anyone out there, should really tune into the Dogger Pass podcast, which is on my podcast feed on the DraftKings YouTube network with Paul and Cody. They have great picks. But what I've been doing is instead of playing in the ones that have fifty thousand entries, I've been playing a instead of playing like five entries into the twenty dollar that has all these entries, I've been playing one into the hundred dollar single entry against far fewer entries, and it's not the same prize pool, but I keep winning more money doing this. I got to qualify fire into the the live what's well not the live final into the final i won a 555 fifty five dollar ticket into the pga tournament this week just by playing in a 15 person mma contest that had 15 people in it like you have to figure out where you are willing to lose in this and where you want to win in this so you want to invest some more money and play in the shrunken fields and you can find this too like uh you can find like The $5 will probably fill by 7 p.m. tonight, and they'll probably release another $5. So if one has 50,000 entries in it, the next one might have 5,000 or 3,000. Maybe play in that one instead. Play some single entries. But it's up to you. Like, no one, not one person can tell you what's right for you in playing which tournament on draftings. But if you want to dip your toe into the water, I just say start at lower stakes. Figure out what tournament size is right for you. You can figure out kind of the ins and outs with it. Maybe Showdown is more for you. I don't know. You're going to have to figure this out for yourself. But I would say that if you want to do it, just start at the lower stakes and kind of feel it out. And then you can go up from there or just not play again. Uh, That's the best way to approach it. Don't overexpose yourself just because you want to get in on the action. I would say be responsible about it and figure out if you like it or figure out if you're good at it first. Read Rom Morikawa for one and done. Thinking of saving Rom for bigger purses don't quite understand i don't know if there's a huge sentiment for rom i know that people are using him draft kings wise but i don't know if he's going to be a very popular one and done pick i would actually say use rom in this circumstance i don't know how often we're going to see him at some of these locations he has a second place finish at this course if it's as dry as they say and some of these carries where uh, we got some inside info that there's four or five tee shots at this course where you're going to need to be a bomber to really attack if you want to go for it and because of the dried out conditions you can really bomb it down there we've seen john rom bomb and gouge this course in in the past that I think that he's an excellent play he just didn't end up making it for me I chose to go with Justin Thomas and the savings instead but for one and done I think that's a different scenario that yeah I think that John Rom is an excellent play this week that's who I would use out of those three players thoughts on Kepka Xander starting lineups love it I really like Xander this week I really that's the one bit of hesitation that I have. Like if I had to add another, like I'd probably take off Rose and Woodland from my betting card and Lowry at that point and just throw on Xander because I think that he probably has a better chance to win those three guys combined. But that's just ended up where I fell this week. Uh, I do really like Xander's chances. I like him a lot here. What it will be the most popular stack in the Millionaire Maker? I'm not sure. I could see Justin Thomas Webb. Webb someone. Webb is really shaping up to be the guy who is the highest owned this week. So it's Webb and someone. Uh, maybe Webb and Sungjae, JT and Sungjae. That could be a route that a lot of people end up going with. But I think that it will include Webb Simpson. Um, and, but I don't know. Just because he's 9.K, you could go higher than him. You could go lower than him and still stack that way. So I would guess that Webb is probably going to be paired a lot up with Berger and or Harris English at least of the two of the six spots on people's team so if you use Webb maybe you don't use those guys maybe that's the best way to get independent Webb if you're really hell bent on using him Alex Hahn asks any Charlie Hoffman interest no how do you see woodland versus scheffler's dk plays i know you prefer woodland but can you please explain why uh i think that scheffler is going to come in with much higher ownership uh i know that woodland is more expensive that's one of the results of this and i've seen woodland be successful in strong fields in the past and i have not seen that from scotty scheffler i think objectively scotty scheffler is a fine play i know his betting odds are better than woodland's i just happen to trust gary woodland more i know that he has a gear to him where if he if we decide where the players look at this be like i need to be in the fairway I can't do anything else if it's not going to be that i know that gary woodland has the stinger shot that highly increases his accuracy in the bag i've seen him do it at shorter courses in the past i mean the guy is the reigning u.s open champion if this course plays hard well he can play hard courses that's not an issue for him with scheffler you're just banking on an upside uh when it comes to a lot of this stuff so i think i would trust the track record of woodland in that spot you want to go scheffler go scheffler we got no problems with that uh and my lack of scheffler exposure is only because i have lowry louis and Fitz from that area like i have no Coocher either who i think is a fine play as well but you can't play everyone these are the decisions that you need to make when it comes down to it uh, what are your thoughts on a Leishman Fowler build? I really do worry about Leishman's accuracy here. Um, maybe it's unfounded, but that's just... I, I'm not using either of these guys, so I don't love it. But for you, go for it. Safe to fade Morikawa since Tim picked him. I think that, listen, Morikawa is so good, I don't... I, I, not even the curse might be able to get to him. And Tim does pick like two winners a year, so maybe this is the week for him. He, he's over. for, although he did have Leishman at API that won him a million bucks in the one and done. I finally went back and retrieved all of the one and done information. So we're good on that front. I know I forgot about it on the show because I accidentally deleted the folder. And for what it's worth, Cust is currently winning. After that Leishman million bucks, the one and done between the three of us. So far, I'm slightly behind him. Jeff is around $500,000 behind me. But one good week, all of a sudden you have a winner. And boom, you're in the chair and you're, you're off to the races when it comes down to the one and done. Which underdog price 7K guys do you like? I just went through those. Is fading all bombers a good tactic this week? I don't think so. I think if you I think that if you construct your lineups you can always do a hybrid, but Raza is really the key the king of doing the type of stacks in tournaments where it's not just AM wave, PM wave. He likes to put skill sets together. So if you're gonna use a few bombers, I suggest using six bombers in those lineup. You wanna use six great putters, use the six great putters in your lineup. I actually go bombers over putters if i was doing it but if you want to go short hitters put them all in lineup so i don't think that there's necessarily a preference one of the reasons that we've seen again a lot of older players or shorter hitters win this event in the past because they tend to play these style of tournaments where the younger bomber type player just doesn't play colonial all that often so uh, there's an unknown mix to having all of these guys in the field like we saw rom and Brooke show up one here and just dummy the place rose ended up winning and you know he can bomb it as well so i wouldn't be fading bombers just because it's a shorter course and we've seen shorter winners before I, i don't think that you should do that uh do you ever add dk points to your model no uh, it seems redundant when considering birdies are better or bogey avoidance, or even I'm not using eagles gain this week because this course doesn't generate a lot of eagles, but I think that those numbers account for the DK points along with it. So no, I do not use DK points. Adam Hadwin, a good leverage play this week. I know how much of a leverage play he's going to be. I like Adam Hadwin. I know other people like Adam Hadwin. I think he's going to be somewhat used, like five, six, seven percent, but I like him. I think you should use Adam Hadwin. Besenut, Verroyen, Victor Perez rank these Three players, please. I have Van Royen way above the rest. Then I would go Perez, then Bezanute. Uh EVR is the only one that I'm using from that. Although Victor Perez is a pretty spicy price if you have the faith in him that he can come through here. Uh, have you won more money playing DFS or straight up betting? I guess... Well, I mean, total money, I've won more betting because I tend to invest more in betting every week as opposed to daily fantasy. But I've had some big hits in daily fantasy that probably have accounted for a better overall ROI over the years. Like, honestly, I'm just I'm betting because I enjoy to bet. I find it makes it entertaining. If I if you could tell me on January 1st that I would invest all this money and I would get exactly that same amount of money back and break even, I'd probably be happy with that. I'd prefer to win. But I've had winning years. I've had losing years. I've had big hits. I've had big losses. That eventually just it all evens itself out. But I've probably been more... More profitable. Like if you take, I'm bad, although I talk about it on the show. Uh, and try to be transparent enough. I've lost a lot playing DraftKings NFL. I'm just not good at it. But I've had big scores in PGA and MMA. Uh, I'm probably up. I'm am definitely up lifetime in those sports, especially over the past three years on DraftKings and way down in football. But I just limited my exposure on DraftKings football. I just I play the three dollar contests because I know I'm not good at it. That hey maybe if I bank one I bink one. But I know, I'm losing like a hundred bucks a week doing it. Instead of just really going all in, where I'll play more in the other sports that I figure that I'm better at. So uh, in certain weeks, I think line up better for betting. Certain weeks line up better for DraftKings. So that's just the way it goes. Why is no one talking about Ryan Palmer? I don't know who's not talking about Ryan Palmer. Everyone's talking about Ryan Palmer. Uh, He's been the only one golfing at this course the past three months. Yeah, he's a member at Colonial. That's why people really like him this week. I'd expect him to be like 13% owned. I like him. He's fine. I'm not using him. I'm hoping that he has a weird track record here of either spiking a top 10 finish or missing the cut. I'm hoping this is one of the missing the cut weeks. Uh, Jimmy Walker needs to be talked about. I don't think Jimmy Walker needs to be talked about. I think he's past the point of the Jimmy Walker that you have in your head. I think certain courses do line up for him well, but he's not accurate off the tee. He's a sprayer. He's the top hit. He's the top search. When you type in sprayer on YouPorn, Jimmy Walker's tee shot pops up first. Probably not the best this week at Colonial. How much weight do you put into course experience for the elite players? Only downside to JT? I'm not. Uh, Justin Rose showed up here two years ago. Hadn't played it one uh brooks same year game top five same as rom Uh, elite players are going to be elite no matter where they go Uh, what do you think the winning score will be this is tough because i don't know without the grandstands or fans or if there's not a whole lot of wind right now while the course is going on maybe that leads to like a minus 16 type score minus 20 type score that's in the realm of outcomes Uh, this course tends to play a little bit tougher if they juice up the rough a little bit it could play like minus nine minus 10 i'm gonna say minus 14 would be my guess this week because of all the talent that's in the field. Do you think having no fans and grandstands will help or hinder? I think it will hinder uh, just because, you know, certain – like the Leishman thing when he won at Tory, he kept hitting it like so far right – Over the galleries, like where there were walking areas, so normally where there would be a lot of rough, he was in like trampled down area from the fans, and it gave him like decent lies that he could still attack the greens. They're not going to have that luxury this week. Well, a because of this course, there's trees over there, but even like where the grandstands would normally be or where the camera crew would be, sometimes it's like tamped down a little bit. That's not going to be the case this week. So you might find yourself. I would say that the ability to have a bad lie this week where you normally wouldn't because of fans walking around or camera gear or whatever. I think you're just gonna, players are going to have worse lives and it's going to lead to worse shots. It might not might account for you know half a stroke per player over the course of a tournament, but that's a lot of strokes once you start adding it up so I would say that it would be a hindrance uh, overall. What percentage owned do you think Speth will be? I think he's a really difficult one to gauge because it seems like people are all in or all out on Spieth. i 'm not playing him uh, I have Speeth right now ownership percentage at around ten to eleven percent but One of the difficult things this week is where a lot of new people are playing fantasy golf for the first time. They're hard to account for. Like when I look at the fantasy national percentages, that's mainly drawing from people who use fantasynational.com, which generally speaking are people who are either more knowledgeable or are becoming more knowledgeable or just more invested in this product overall i i don't know how the public is going to address jordan spieth whatsoever the odds haven't dropped on him so it doesn't look like there's a ton of money coming in or the books are saying good spend all your money on jordan spieth at 45 to 1 or 40 to 1 whatever he might be at this particular moment we're good with that sort of risk we don't think that he's going to win um or maybe that's just a fair price for him when when all is said and done uh looking at the so yeah fantasy nationalism around 11.5 percent right now uh, I would guess anywhere between 10 and 15%. It's a wider range on him of outcomes in terms of ownership than mostly any other player. So that's the way that I would go with it. Need a cheapie, KH Lee or Brian Stewart? Don't think you need to go that low. I guess Stewart over KH Lee. I'm trying to think, like I'm not using him, but if I did have to go, let's say 65, three and below who do i have 64 and below i would at 64 i would probably use zang i'm not using him but if i did want to play building at superstars and scrubs zang would be my play andrew landry at 64 i think is all right <sighs> doc redmond can kind of light it up mark hubba hubbard makes a ton of birdies i don't know how well he's going to play in this sort of field but he's only 6300 dollars Of the two guys you gave me, Stewart would probably be the guy, but I prefer him on Bermuda over anything, to be perfectly honest with you. Who has the most ownership of the 10K plus guys? It's looking like it's going to be Rory. Rory, Rom, then JT to a lesser extent, but they're very close. That could flip flop either way. And then Bryson, a distinct fourth of the 10K guys. Anyone like Sweet just kind of went over that. Thoughts on Walker or Hostler? I'm passing on both of them this week. Do you think DJ and Wolf could be sneaky plays? Uh, The public saw them play awful. DJ is going to carry ownership uh, in the high single digits just because he's DJ and he's a good price and people are used to playing DJ. Wolf, absolute flyer. Like He can come in like 1% owned uh, where he's coming in. So yeah, I think that he is super sneaky. I'm not going to be using him. But at the same time, Matthew Wolf is a world class player. You want to roll the dice on him? I think that's the sort of pivot play that you're looking for. A guy with huge upside. And if Bombers do have a distinct advantage this week, all of a sudden, Matthew Wolf is looking fantastic as a 1% flyer. We know we can light it up. Uh, the proximity from 100 to 125, where. Because he's a bomber, we'll be seeing a lot of his approach shots. Is very weak, so that would be my pure hesitation on him when it comes down to it. How would you rank Rose Woodland Finau this week? I'd go that order, Rose Woodland Finau. Uh, great to have you back, Pat. Hey, thanks for tuning in, Andrew. Give a like. Everyone out there, smash the like button. Share the show around. Enjoying the PME Open while you're at it. Hope you and your family are safe and healthy. Uh, as we, as far as we know, we're doing well right now. Mama's at home with a newborn. Uh, and the 16-month-year-old is going absolutely fucking bonkers all day long, so he's been a bit much. Uh, spending some time watching The Wiggles. Uh, my hair is based off the old old man on The Wiggles right now, at least from what my wife tells me. Uh, my mind is, like, mush at this point, as I know a lot of people with young kids are doing, but I hope that everyone out there is doing well, uh, too. Dustin Wildcard, don't go together. Okay. Thanks for that fucking crippling input. Thanks. Any matchup bets you like this week? I didn't play matchups. I just didn't... Throughout the course of the week, I feel like if I was a professional gambler, I'd be really hitting down on the head-to-head matchups. I gave one out on Golf Digest. That's on DK Sportsbook. That was Fitzpatrick over Sergio. I think it is minus 106. Uh, I thought those were decent odds. I like Fitzpatrick this week. I don't love Sergio. So uh, that would be one, but I didn't really dig into the all that much. Uh, do you think casual players will just auto-click DJ and Ricky? Maybe, but... Uh, that's unknowable for me right now. Uh, you could say they might just click Rory and then they can't afford those guys. Jim Furyk for days. Not a question. You might get banned for life. I haven't banned anyone yet. So you might get some bans. You got stupid fucking questions out there. LJ asks, is a 7.2K bubble worth it? Worth the price? Um, I tend to go off and you know, narratives are... Probably never true, but Bubba track versus non Bubba track, this is not a Bubba track, at least because we don't know how he plays here. So I would probably fade Bubba Watson. Interesting price though. Abe answer, fine play. Comes in with a lot of ownership. I decided to go in a different direction. I actually think he, objectively, if you're playing a cash game, uh, the Mexican Allen Iverson, the answer, decent play uh for extreme stars and scrubs who do you like at 62 just kind of went over that who do you have as the two lowest projected owned between 75 and 85 75 and 8500 wolf would probably have to be on that list i would think sergio and wolf are probably the two lowest owned of that group um don't know if i love going to those guys but those would go um palmer was quoted as saying that the rough is thicker than usual maybe looking at uh proximity from no- rough numbers sure do what you gotta do thoughts on dark horse member franklin corpring finishing top 20 at 34 to 1 probably wouldn't do that against a decent field thoughts on scotty Shefford this week can he finally get a w i would find it hard to believe that this is in a field this deep that this would be his first spot uh i listen if he was 65 to 1 or 71 i would have bet him to win so i do think that he can win in this field i didn't like him at 35 or 40 to 1 amongst guys that i know win on the pga tour so that was a bit more of my hesitation on scotty scheffler fratelli won at john Deere when it was hot it was great he also gained like 13 strokes putting that week uh probably not a replicable performance Kucher or spieth Kucher for me, I'm not using either. Tip from Answers Caddy, play him in hot weather. Okay, great. Um, As I do a thing with the... uh, Here's the thing about caddies, is they judge everything based on their players' upside in terms of winning. And I always say this because I do this article with golf digest every week. It's like me. Uh, Rick is a part of that now too. Shout out to Rick and his new partnership with golf digest. Uh, my guy, uh, Brandon, uh, does from the heat check podcast, does some stuff for there. Uh, both the editors, uh, Chris and Steven have stuff in there too. So there's like Golf, gambling, and DFS guys who write columns, but there's also picks from the caddy network where they get an anonymous caddy to make their picks every week. And uh, spoiler alert, their picks are trash every single week. They're by far the worst at it because they have a skewed vision. They're not looking at it objectively from an odds perspective or a DraftKings perspective, like we need them to do. They're just going on their gut and sometimes not analyzing the field as an overview and thinking about it player to player. Like, oh, I saw I saw DJ striping it. DJ's gonna win. Like that sort of conjecture doesn't really play out for me. Maybe, maybe that caddy's right. Abe's, or the answers caddy is all about it. Like, hey, he kills it in hot weather, but do we know that Rory doesn't kill it in hot weather too? Like, did he tell us that part of it? No. So it's hard to wait what that actually means. Last, DK Cash, er... CB, CH3, Lonto, or Bud Cully. Raza talked me into Collie. I trust Ben. I'm going in with Bud Cully this week. Thoughts on Langer or Stricker's cheap pump plays? I would not go down there. When do you plan on having the PME DraftKings contest? It's been out since last Friday, so I'd go do it. Also, shout out the Dogger Pass podcast. Paul, you're getting a shout out. Yay! there we are uh, i believe that's recording later tonight we'll see about that for release on thursday to get you ready for all of paul what is the contest this week is it called like ufc vegas ufc apex i versus calveo only this on is espn w- plus i believe th- this is one of like the shitty cards that cody usually rips up isn't it oh yeah yeah, we're, we're like last week was a pay per view. We did okay. Obviously, Hooper absolutely just like dismantled us and like killed a lot of the apple pies. We're absolutely assaulted, but uh, no, we always do better on the the worst cards. The numbered cards is like there's just so much more information on all the fighters. But I'm talking too much. Yeah, so tune into the Dogger Pass podcast. Remember to give that show with a big thumbs up, download the podcast. If you just subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast feed, leave a quick five-star review while you're there as well. That's the currency of the show, like I always say. Like It literally takes like 30 fucking seconds, so if you could help us out there, that's what really allows us to not put anything behind a paywall, to have these chats can go on for like two hours or however long we're going with. Uh, so just please go do that. Michael asks, Luke List is the favorite on the Corn Fairy Tour? Oh God. And Potter, 66-1. to 1, You betting the Corn Fairy? I didn't even look at it because I overexposed myself to the PGA this week. Uh, maybe there's some good stuff on the corn fairy i have not analyzed the field whatsoever josh perry at the action network is always the best guy at the non-pga event he's a good guy at pga events but for asian tour corn fairy tour he was killing uh the like lpga mini tours during the break like cashing like legit winners i'd recommend everyone just go follow josh Uh, he probably has some better insight than i do on the corn fairy tour do you think Webb will be the most popular one and done pick this week probably Uh, I'm using him because that's what I said on the show, and that's what I do this for, the purposes of the show, so I'm stuck with him. But I probably would pivot off of him at this point, knowing that he's most likely to be the most owned in the one and done. I'm big on Andrew Landry this week. as a scrub value. How do you think he fares, or do you think he's a better first-round leader bet? I bet him as first-round leader, so did I bet him as first-round leader? I have him in my showdown contest. I didn't bet him as first-round leader. Maybe I should bet him now. I bet too many guys as it is. He's in my round one showdown lineup. I think he sets up well. It's just I've, I've had such bad experiences with andrew landry in the past despite him being a two-time winner on tour but he hits a ton of fairways texas guy i I think it could work out really well for him played really well at valero he won at valero a few years ago too at a huge huge price 150 to one so uh maybe he can do it but smaller greens is important to have both scrambling and around the green as one of those I never factor in scrambling uh, into my modeling. I use strokes gained around the green. Like I'm looking for good ball strikers and generally speaking, good ball strikers uh, will not need scrambling. And if they do, it'll all be focused on around the green because they've missed the green and regulation very close. It's more of... Once you start getting into the really inaccurate drivers off the tee, that's where you could use the long form scrambling. So I'm just not big on scrambling as a predictive stat whatsoever or as a baseline because that's really course dependent, to be perfectly honest with you. Some courses are harder to scramble at than others. Around the green, yes, you can make exactly the same case for, but where it's a shorter amount of distance, relatively measured, I put more faith into that of who can actually get it up and down a little bit better. Any love for Kutcher, but it's spelled like Ashton Kutcher. Um, I'm not hearing his name anywhere this week. Trust me, when you look at the ownership percentages, you'll see Kucher up there. It always happens. He's, he's come second to this tournament before, too. I think this is the one where he lost to Matt Jones when Matt Jones chipped in out of the bunker. Uh, I think that's the case. Kutcher's a good player, and he's old. He fits the narrative of this course really well. Playing day Rose enough differentiation to have Webb in your lineup? Absolutely. Any furic interest? I do have interest. I'm not playing him. I just worry that I I know he played really well at this like weirdo event at Sea Island last week. I don't really know what that tells me. Um, but he played really well here last year. Had he have made a few putts on Sunday, he like would have been in it, like to win against Kevin. Ah, he just could not hit anything. Uh, but he still hits a ton of fairways. He's He's safe, but I don't know what his upside is. If things go a little bit wonky for him, it's hard for him to recover. Uh, Day and Rose, not a question. Perfect. Any love for Rafa Cabrera-Beo? Not really. Uh, Pass on him. Any love for Bubba and Phil? Not from me. Thoughts on Kokrak? Nope. I don't think that he's going to be all that great in a tournament like this. Can you rank these three seventy four hundred dollar guys? English, On, and Palmer. All three expect to be pretty highly owned. I would pick Ben On because I always pick Ben On out of that range. Uh, this whole time, really, this I really waited this whole time for him just to pass over my question. I'll ask again. Why is no one talking about? I already answered that fucking question. Fuck you. You might get banned for life. If you ask this again. Who are the few golfers that you consider high upside, low floor? Jp Gpp guys aside from Louis. Louis. Lowry, uh, that's why I'm using Matt Wallace. I think that he is one of those guys as well. If you wanted to go with Siwoo Woo Kim, uh, Ben An is one of those guys as well. I think his floor is a little bit higher, but where he's so terrible on the greens and he can put you out of a tournament, that you know there is no floor for him. Thoughts on Doc Redman? I think he can light it up, but he's just not for me this week. Tway or Varner, I don't mind both these guys. I didn't end up using them, but I think I would go with HV3. I just think he's the superior player uh bernhard langer or steve stricker neither you can go play champions tour dfs if that's what you want uh would you ever have cam stewart on back on the show i had cam on like two weeks ago so uh, if jeff and i do the golf now when we talk about the ponies or we want to have some fun we give cam a call but he does a golf show every single week too if you just go follow cam on twitter at cam stewart live you can get your fix of cam he's on air every single day any interested in goosh that was already asked no from me uh, is there a group that you have a lot of exposure to? I didn't really even factor in who's playing with who uh, when it came down to my picks, to be perfectly honest with you, outside of that showdown contest. Uh, let's see. Thanks for the content. Thoughts on Bizin ut or Danny Lee? I'd probably roll the dice on Danny Lee. I bet him his first round later. I believe I'm using him in that same lineup uh, I constructed for showdown. Didn't make my main lineups, but I think I like Danny Lee a little bit better. You still skipping round one showdown? Nope, I did play it a little bit. Thoughts on J.T. Poston and Brian Harmon? Bet them both as first round leader. I'm using a decent amount of J.T. Poston this week. That's one of those low floor, high upside guys this week. I just think where he can go so nuclear... Sounded like George W. Bush. Nuclear. Nuclear. With the putter that when you're trying to parse these people, a hot putter is not anything to bank on, but he has shown six of his past seven events before the break, he had gained in strokes, strokes gained putting. And in four of those events, he gained at least three strokes with an average of those four events, like 4.1 strokes that when his putter is rolling well, it's one of the best in the world that if he can just catch that fire this week, he's a low own play who plays really well on shorter courses. So I prefer posting to Brian Harmon, bet them both as first round leader. Thoughts on the young studs? I just, I used Neiman because he was the cheapest of them all. Uh, I, I have no Morikawa, no Hovland, no Scheffler, nothing to take away from them. I just went in a different direction. Who's your favorite contrarian pick between Lowry and Fitzpatrick? I use them both. I like Lowry a little bit better, but you're getting the savings on Matthew Fitzpatrick. Pat, nice haircut. Who's your favorite soccer team? How dare you? You know how I feel about soccer. The Dutch international soccer team is my favorite squad. I guess I've been to a TFC game. So I guess TFC is my squad for MLS soccer, but uh, I don't really pay much attention to that. Jimmy Walker, good sub play, playing well. Well, it's kind of relative for Jimmy Walker at this point. He's fine. Listen, if you want to go with Jimmy Walker, he's just not for me this week based on his inaccuracy off the tee. Hey, Pat, congratulations on the new addition to the family. Thank you, Lewis. Any thoughts on Sabatini? Sabatini's played really well, at tough courses in the past. He plays really well on the shorter courses. I just don't know where the King of Slovakia fits into all of this. I know he's upset that the Olympics was canceled because that's why he he was gonna be potentially the flag bearer for Slovakia at the summer games when we went into it. But he's a cheap price. Uh if this plays really difficult, I think Sabatini is actually a really decent play. But I don't know what the winning score is going to be. Historically, this course plays hard. That's why he plays well. But again, is that due to lack of strength in the field historically? Now that there are better players here, that we're going to see something better? I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't talk you out of Sabatini, just not for me. Griot on bent grass. Griot on any grass can't putt. Um, But we know that this has been his best tournament for putting over the years. I just can't in good conscience put Griot in my lineup have uh have five guys playing really well and watch Greo shoot like an 84 i just can't do it to myself so for my own mental health i am not playing him i'm sure ben's all over because ben's all over him every week uh, and i know he has upside look he hits a ton of fairways he's great at approach uh he starts making a few three footers all of a sudden Greo is going to be in the mix so i don't i'm not going to talk you off of him. but that's the spot where i'm at neiman or horschel these are two guys i've actually used both of i prefer billy hope in this spot thoughts on Hollywood hoagie in the 7k strong iron player yeah I think he's just outclassed in this field but if he shows up and plays his best I think he could definitely be in the mix haircut making you look 10 years younger well now I look like a 12 year old so I feel good about that. that is the best comment I got thank you Colin O'Callaghan appreciate that I like bent grass greens that's great great for you thanks for your fucking insight uh, you doing a cut sweat show? No, nope, we are not doing a cut sweat show. Maybe we'll reassess that as the weeks go along. Not sure what the demand on that is going to be. There's still 35 minutes in my Twitter giveaway if you're looking for a free Millionaire Maker ticket. Uh, it is up on at the PME on Twitter. Uh, the contest closes at 2 p.m. Eastern time, so you still have 35 minutes to potentially win A spot, free spot, into the Millionaire Maker. I only have 10 tickets because I had 100 to give away for the UFC because it looked like that wasn't going to fill, and it didn't fill. It looks like the PGA is probably going to fill, so they're scaling back on the amount of free stuff that they're giving away for because it will naturally fill itself. But I will say that if it's not close to filling later tonight, they might hit me up again for another giveaway. I wouldn't count on that. I'd say that's probably like a 10% chance of happening. But if it does happen, you might want to follow along because I might have some more free giveaways to go for um, at this point. So that's your best chance of getting a free ticket right now. Any guess on AM, PM Advantage for tomorrow? I don't see one. Uh, I can tell you the windfinder.com slash forecast slash Ben Brook. I tweeted out the link last night is the wind that I'm using, but it looks relatively flat all day. I think AM just gets a natural advantage if they're watering down the course because it might play a little bit softer, but that's all I would say uh, on that. Uh, not hearing much about Hovland do you think he's a good play? I think he's a fine play but if he starts missing greens of regulation he is shit out of luck because guy can't chip Uh, his new instructor called him a 1 out of 10 around the greens Uh, but he's such a good player he's like mini Rory or mini DJ eventually he's going to get to the point where he just starts dummying the field once he gets that up and down game he's also not a strong putter historically either but if he puts it all together this week it wouldn't shock me I don't hate him I'm just not using him uh of the young guns which one do you think comes out hot of the gate morikawa wolf or Hovlin? morikawa's i think the superior player at this point in time to all three of them so it's probably him where is reed reed is spelled wrong for one thing um and he's in this field and people are using him so there we go scott mccarran or david frost like i said go play on the fucking champions tour dk pal What do you think the strategy for small GPPs like the 155 Clash at Colonial is? Uh, I don't want to give away too much because I have one entry in that contest. Uh, But I think that you just play your guys. I think one pivot is probably good enough in a field of 2,000 people. Um, Especially, like, if you don't, like, you, you probably only need the pivot, like, if, let's say I use Webb as my main guy, and I know he's going to be chalky as long as I avoid the other chalk down the line, like all of it, like I don't use Burger and Harris English with him, you're probably good. Like you leave, and then you leave like 100 dollars on the table, you don't need to leave 3,000 on the table, but just moving from the 50,000 salary cap, leaving a 100 or two on the table in a tournament like that will almost guarantee that you have a unique lineup in that. Joel Damon playing well, thoughts. I use Joel Damon. I haven't really been speaking too much about him, but he was one of the late ads to my player pool. Not a ton of exposure. I think it's like four of 20 lineups, but I I like Joel Damon this week. Uh, yeah. Like fairways gained or good drives gained for the week. I like fairways gained uh, over anything. The inventor of basketball, Matthew Naismith. Great, great grandson of James Naismith, probably. Although they both pronounce and spell their names differently. But either way, eight to one top 20. Yeah, sure. If you want to go for it, not for me. Any love for Chez seems like a tough tough course guy. Great at accuracy, too. Has never really played all that well here, but I can't say that's going to cause him future problems. Uh, Bryson's never played well here, and I bet him to win, so I don't want to talk out one side of my mouth for one guy and another for another guy, but I do think that someone like Bryson is improving, and he's an overall superior player, where someone like Shez had not been playing well this year, has the bad history, and it's not like Shez is getting any better anytime soon. Guys uh, Guys getting up there in age, but if you want to go with just like pure stats, I think I would prefer the Ryan Moore, Ryan Moore as a name, who's a similar skill set to Chez Reeve, but that's where I'm at. What'd you use as your comp courses? Primarily, I used Heritage and Wyndham 1 and 2. I also threw Sawgrass and Wileye into that bucket as well, with a smattering of Valspar in the mix, too. Uh, but again, one of the drawbacks to that is you outside of uh, the players championship at TBC sawgrass, you don't get very strong fields. You get very similar fields as colonial to those ones. The bigger names don't tend to play in those tournaments. So you do see a lot of the similar names pop up, but maybe those are the ones who enjoy the courses the most Garcia or Fitzpatrick. I got Fitzpatrick A 20 max tournament. How many players for your player pool for my 20 max? I'm using 20 players. Uh, do you think you'll have to eat crow to Feinberg on money when the winner checked all the boxes? Feinberg was so hot going into the break, I had to eat crow to him like every single week. So... Jeff is good at picking outright winners. I don't know how he does it so well. Uh, Maybe it's, I tend to overthink things and he puts in the proper amount of thought and waits the entire thing. Maybe are all those boxes that he needs to check. Uh, Remember, if you've missed anything on this show, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. You can catch it on demand about 10 minutes after the show is over. And you can always go back and reference the video as well if you've missed something along the way. Thoughts on Josh Teeter, 6K, never missed a cut here. Pass i mean talk to wiley he's like the josh he's like josh teeter's best friend uh so you can just go ask him about that any love for brendan todd despite the fact that i bet him wrote him up this week and have talked about him nonstop? no no love for him uh, how do i get unmuted on twitter i don't know i don't even know if you are muted or not oh quick coffee touch up for me i haven't even been touching the coffee i've been going here thank you very much paul the really quick touch-up. Make it make it work again. I have no idea if you're muted or not. I meet a lot of people. Uh, and generally, if you're muted, you don't get unmuted because you piss me off at some point. Or we are being too needy. Some people get too needy on Twitter and ask, like, if you answer, like, one question, I don't want to sit there and answer 55 more of your fucking questions. I don't. This is why I do the shows, why I do the cheat sheets and do the articles and everything like that. Uh, so, Yeah. You probably did that, or you said something very derogatory towards me. You don't get second chances. It's Twitter. I don't go on it to read bad things about myself. Yes, Paul? Yeah, don't ask me what 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 lineup you should put in. Like, I'm not making your lineup. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that is very true. Is why I try to talk through these shows and the different plays that yeah if you send me a, li- a lineup be like you think this lineup will win you will probably get muted because i just, i just don't want to deal with that that's not what i'm here for and i don't know why you would ask me that anyway um why would you want to know if i if i like if i think your lineup is a winner then i'm just going to take your lineup and play it so you, i don't know why you would ask me about that <sighs> louis or Fitz? Fitz, i like a little bit better Do you have faith that the PGA gets it together with their TV coverage and finally caves to people that are gambling? I think they're getting pushed towards that direction. They have a new Stratcast this week, which looks pretty cool. Uh, You you know, on the Masters app and the Open app, how they have, like, shot curvatures as a part of their shot tracker? It looks like that's going to be in place this week. So I'm interested to figure that out and check it out. I'd be very excited for something like that to happen. Poulter for GPP and or cash. I don't really answer cash questions because I frankly don't play cash games. Uh, And especially for golf where no one is really safe. I think cash is really tough. Like if you put it this way, people will say that the point of cash is to pick the six players who you think are all going to get through the cut. Well, the same fucking thing is the truth for gpps like if you could just if you knew six players we're all gonna make the cut play a gpp lineup full of those guys you're gonna win money and you're probably gonna win more money than you did in a double up so i don't mind Poulter. uh i'm not using him i think that rick rick or ben was on him uh, he's played well at this course in the past i like Poulter. Poulter's fine kisner's ownership looking inflated based on course history i don't know i didn't even really check out what his ownership was around 12 percent i think that's fair for kisner i mean he's won here before uh he's won at shorter tracks in the past he's an accurate player putts really well on bent grass uh, i think that not only does he have course history he has the skill set that a lot of people are looking for too so that's pretty good uh like ch3 for a top 10 bet nope nes snes or 64 i'm a 64 man as you can see behind me although the super nintendo stuff actually no there's I, maybe it's out of frame the there's just 64 there. On the other side, there's a lot of Super Nintendo games uh, on the go. But, you know, my, my age range makes me both a mix between. But, you know, the advancement level, when I think it was September 1st, 1999 or 1998. Because I remember there was a, like a VHS that came with the N64 when you actually bought it. Think that was the date, but like you have no idea how much of a whole new world that was when the graphics went from N64 from Super Nintendo. It was like mind fucking blown when that came out. So I really enjoyed that. Any chance because of the great names around him, Wem is slightly less owned than the people are guessing now. There's a chance. I would doubt it though, just because he's cheap. I would guess that Bryson is the guy that sees the dep- the depression of ownership just because the better names is random because he's more expensive. Also, very random. But Shaz she- Ravi's agent is my next door neighbor. Well, Kevin Q, you sound like you live in a nice neighborhood. Is there a shot tracker this week? Yes, it does appear like there is. What is your thought process in developing first-round leader bets? Well, this week, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of thought. I just got over overzealous and just started clicking, guys. But essentially, I have my first-round leader model saved on Fantasy National. That's one of the fun things about Fantasy National, too. You can save and tinker with different models, save them, and then move on, and then make notes, whether they work or they don't work. I've been doing that for years and trying to develop things. I want birdie makers. Like, I don't really give a shit if a guy is someone who could potentially shoot a 78. For a first-round leader bet, either you win the round, or you don't uh i guess i play the top five on it too but like i want guys who make a ton of birdies uh ideally i would try to target the proper wave if there's wind in the afternoon uh i want morning players If there's wind in the morning i want afternoon players if there's rain like midday maybe that makes the course softer for when the guys come back in generally speaking you can attack pins and that sort of thing but my overall developing strategy on it is like i tend to pick there's a lot of randomness in golf to begin with. Someone could just have a hot putting around. It could be anyone in the field for that matter. So birdie makers who could potentially develop a hot putter, but I like to kind of scattershot everything. Like you could play Rory to be first round leader at 16 to one. That's a, probably a better bet than any of the individual guys that I played, but I've had a lot of success more so two and three years ago than the last year. I don't know why I don't know if it's random variants. Maybe I was getting lucky, but I've had a lot of success betting like, 678910 guys all 100 to 1 or above uh so you get a big payday when that happens and then realistically you need to hit if you let's say you played 10 first round leaders every single tournament uh and they were all 100 to 1 or above then you have to only hit one every 10 tournaments just to break even if all those guys were exactly 100 to one and most of the time that they're not they're 125 175 whatever they might be that i found that those guys hit at a high enough frequency that giving myself exposure to them uh, can lead to some profits but you have to be able to go with the swings too you might not hit one for 20 events you might hit two in a row that's just the way the cookie crumbles you have to guess right in certain circumstances like that but that's my strategy i know that different people have different strategies neiman versus Poulter tournament matchup bet i like neiman i probably wouldn't go too big on that Uh, pat intimidating people that ask him dumb questions is one of my favorite bits i don't think that i actually have the ability to intimidate anyone look at my fucking haircut um but hey i appreciate that my strongly worded tone really factors through when you're listening to this in the live chat or my furrowed brow uh team rose let's go 50 to 1 yeah team rose I would like it if Justin Rose win. I'd have a lot of money at that point. And if he wins the Masters, I'll have even more money at the price that I got him at, at 50 to 1 too Hoot will win. Would have won the players. I mean, this guy, you're going to get this. This guy just has comments. You're getting fucking banned for life. There's the ban for life from the show. Poston or Van Royen. I like Poston DK. I think for overall win equity, I like Van Royen a little bit better. I know that's weird to say, but I think that. Van Royen's a bit more boomer bust, but he's the better player. Uh, He could potentially win in this field where Poston, I think, is someone that can kind of plot along that even if he's in the mix, he's probably not going to win. That's why I didn't bet him to win. I bet him to finish inside the top 20. But if you told me that who has a higher percent chance of coming 17th, it's probably Poston. If you told me who has a better chance of coming top five, it's probably Van Royen. (sighs) Who do you normally, what do you normally like for the number of rounds to research? Too early to restart any difference. I don't quite understand that last part, but I tried to look at the. There's a rolling stats feature on Fantasy National. I just like to compare. Uh, when people talk about like trends, that's one thing. Like, oh, I can see that his results were 10th, 8th, 9th over the past three starts. Yeah, that guy's playing well. But I like to look more into how they're playing well versus their baseline. Like, is this out of nowhere? Do they just do it by putting? So I try to develop my key stats and then I look at the past 12 rounds, the past 24 rounds. At least in the rolling report grade, you can get all of those laid out in front of you so if you have a lot of confidence in the stats that you're looking at incorporate that into your model you can just have it all laid out like is this guy did he go from in the same stats that 100 rounds ago was he like 79th and he progressively got better well that guy looks like he's trending towards at least theoretically playing really well this week, or was it going the opposite direction? Or was this guy just doing it on putting? I didn't wait putting a lot, so he's not popping highly. So I try to take a granular view of everything, but I do think that this week comparing you know, the 24, 36 round shorter term range to the overall baseline of the past two years of what that player actually is. And then a lot of it has to do with eye test too. Like what's your interpretation of that? That's going to be different for different people. But that's how I end up going. Like if you look at the short term of Brendan Todd versus his long term, well, his long term is not going to look very good because he was absolute shit for like four years. Then all of a sudden something clicked. He won two tournaments. He made 10 cuts in a row. He's hitting every fairway again the putter is fantastic that that is some context to be given to the shorter form versus the longer term so maybe you throw out the longer term in that but that's going to be a case-by-case individual basis and that's really up to you to do it ownership for palmer i believe i said around 12 to 14 percent any jazz love i believe he was a ricks guy not really for me uh in that let's see we got some more questions on the go i probably should check in with the facebook chat to see what's going on over there i've been kind of neglecting it. i apologize for anyone watching live on facebook right now but i just thought that there's a lot of people uh watching on twitter and watching on youtube so i was going in that um now i have to re-up the questions the chance skipped on me uh it was about dj the open yeah i don't care why you're muted you're muted sorry <laughs> give a fuck unfollow me then uh, who do you normally like uh number of rounds did that one any Connors left yeah i'm using conners bet him as first round leader i mean go canada let's go cory Connors. just don't ask the guy to chip or putt too much although when he did win he gained like 13 strokes on the green and a bent grass course in texas maybe he's got good vibes in the lone star state we'll see what do you think of Munoz, McNeely, and Higgs as GPP pivots? I would go with McNeely, Maverick, if we were going for it. Pat, wondering more about a sense of urgency for players as it pertains to FedEx Cup. Wouldn't worry too much about that. There's now, at first, we didn't know it, it looked like you'd have two tournaments before the FedEx Cup started. Now there's like six or seven or something like that. So it's not the end of the world right now. Feelings on Rafa Cabrea Bayo. Good player, not for me. Uh, who would be your three guys? Who would be your three guys in order to win this Sunday? Finish first at the players before it got canceled. I don't quite like, personally for me, the three guys, I think I went like Lowry, Webb, Lowry, no. Lowry, Woodland, EVR would probably be my most profitable one, two, three. Now that I kind of like revert or Brennan Todd winning or something like that. Uh, why we can 't bet exactas and tries on golf like horses they 'd pay astronomical for majors they actually do give out those sorts of bets it 's usually uh one twos uh, you can bet the actual order they 're not good bets. put it that way. How much is the Mayo discount on? Fantasy National, I believe it's 20% off at the moment after it goes back behind the paywall. I could be wrong on that. It'll say on the site, but I believe it's at least 20% uh, to do it. So it takes the annual from 250 down to 200. I mean, that's, that's pretty good <laughs> uh, when you consider that there's like 45 golf events per week. Uh, it factors out to not that much if you're going to be playing every week. Any love for Xander? Absolutely. Fade 9K, 9K tier completely in GPPs to create a unique build. I think that's a viable strategy for sure. Any love for any love questions? None whatsoever, Cougar Phil. You know me too well. Can Billy Ho get a top 10? Yep, I think so. Too high price pairing on DK? I don't know what that means. Uh, you can ask the question more eloquently and I can uh, get into that. You know what? I didn't even put the thing on Facebook or Twitter. That's why I forgot to click the button. So no one's even watching on Facebook. Perfect. <laughs> uh, totally, spaced on, totally spaced on that one um so that's it i'll give a two minute refresher if you have any more questions we've been going over an hour now i hope i've gotten to everything you guys wanted out there um it's fun to be back i must say i I didn't really mention this off the top but i did want to say that i was going through a lot um in terms of, you know, everyone's been getting into a malaise, people haven't been working, people have been home, that just being back in studio and talking about golf this week is really just it's made me feel great again. Like it's really reinvigorated me uh, in a way that I didn't realize I was in such a malaise, but it's been a really fun week. I hope that everyone uh, is really, you know, getting a good jolt from this, whether, you know, you just want to, you're excited for sports to be back, golf to be back, you're betting on it, you're playing DK, whatever it might be. I hope it's bringing some sort of excitement. Uh, And that's, that's really fun to think about right now. So I hope that's going in right now. Best tourneys to enter other than the million maker. I like the three max stuff. I mean, my tournament, obviously. Um, is very good to enter because there's no rake and flat payouts. But I think if you look at the tournament structure and look at the flatter payouts, and they're generally like the 75, three max, the 153 max, some of the single entry tournaments, $50, $33, 75, 200, that kind of thing. I think those give you the best chances to actually win a lot of money uh, more consistently than entering something like the Millionaire Maker, which has a lot of luck elements in it because you're facing so many people. Uh let's see Harris English or Burger fade on both uh if you had to pair two high price studs together on DraftKings who would they be probably I think overall if you're looking for the highest upside Thomas and Xander are probably your two best bets but you could go like Bryson and M you could go JT and M Webb and JT that kind of thing uh, that's kind of the mix that I'm going into it with I think that's it no more questions. Put some time in there. No one had anything else. I hope I've answered everything for you. If you have any more questions and you tuned in late, potentially I answered it all the way throughout the course of the show. So you can check that out. Kisner Palmer ownership hire, probably Palmer in that sense. Uh, this is going to be available, obviously up on the YouTube page. I've had the shows out all week. You want to join the Pat Mayo experience open. The link is in the podcast feed. So please subscribe to the Pat Mayo experience audio podcast. Download the episode with you there. Let's juice up those numbers. See if we can come number one on iTunes. Cause we're pretty close. Uh, so the more downloads that we get, go download those old shows too from earlier this week. There's already three shows out. This is the fourth. I have the giant write-up on dkplaybook.com. Fantasynational.com uh, is free right now until the until midnight, I think central time. So if you want to build your lineups, check out the research. Highly recommend you go do, do that. Fantasynational.com/slash mail will get you a discount starting tomorrow. If you enjoy the site and really want to get into golf, highly recommend that as well. So thank you all for watching. I hope someone out there wins the Millionaire Maker. I mean, tweet at me; that'd be awesome. I, I would listen. It's probably not going to be me, so I really hope it's someone I know or someone who watches the show out there. That, that's fantastic news. So just have some fun with golf. Be safe out there. And golf is back. This is a fun time. So enjoy it. Smash the like button on your way out. Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience. Mayo Experience